Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Nevermind the Buy Box. Today, I am joined uh, by Mexican Johnny. So, uh, Johnny has joined us all the way from Mexico. We, Matt and I were talking about the other day that we play a little game with Johnny called Location Roulette. So, um, whenever we have a meeting with you, Johnny, we, me and Matt generally get on first. We're like, right, where's he going to pop up? Which location? Is it going to be England? Is it going to be somewhere else? But uh, now you are over over the pond and down a bit in Mexico. So how's it going? Yeah, unfortunately, I blurred my background this time. So I uh, couldn't play, play that game this time. Uh, I'm in the spare, <laughs> spare room. I've got the pretty cool office set up, but it's got a bed and a bunch of my stuff on. It just doesn't look doesn't look the best um yeah it's good it's good um now i've been doing this close to a year it's, it's falling more into uh sort of midterm stays rather than sort of traveling around having a holiday going to see all the sites it's a lot slower you know I, as soon as i get here i join up i join a, a, a gym um i'm really trying to settle in as, as as quickly as possible so but no it's it's good um you know, right now it's six o'clock in the morning. So if I'm, uh, I've got the hat on and stuff, it's it's all it's all disguised just to try and make myself look like I'm working up. Um, yeah, Mexico City is a is a great place. Um, you know, not it's one of the biggest cities in the world, but doesn't feel too dense. Like the population density doesn't feel too crazy. Uh, the weather's pretty good as well. It's not too humid. So if you go to like Bangkok, you'll get like fumes in your face and you can really feel the, the heat. But here it's like a nice, like nice hot heat. And um, there's a few other Amazon sellers here as well who I've been fortunate enough to meet up with as well. So it's good. It's good. Mexico City is a cool, cool place. You yeah. are literally forming, uh, you, you guys over there are forming a little bit of a, a Mexican Amazon uh amazon cartel uh for want of a better word <laughs> being topical being in in mexico uh we'll come on to that a little bit more it's just loads of people have jumped on and i want to say hello we've got cindy mark uh matt's joined us as well hola absolutely mexican johnny he's here in the house phil's just joined us rosie says hello gorgeous girl and jay absolutely back at you uh joe good afternoon uh donna's here uh ben's here um paul's here i'm just like randomly looking at all of the different screens um so before we find out a little bit more about mexico we do have a bit of an announcement to make don't worry guys it's not horrendous. So it's just for those of you that watch this live via YouTube. From next week, uh, hi Ash, she's joined us as well. Uh, from next week, we are no longer going to be streaming live via YouTube uh, for a couple of different reasons, but mainly it's like loads of different um, <laughs> loads of different comments coming from different places and things like that. And we want to be able to have the YouTube uh, replay for people to watch. So the replay will still be going on YouTube and it will be uploaded incredibly quickly. Um, but it's just we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're focusing on the live in the Facebook group. So you're getting the extra content on there and then the replay will be posted on youtube and it'll all be done it'll always be done at a specific time uh, and things like that so uh yana's joined us as well hi guys um so yeah we just wanted to to make that clear so uh we we tend to have our lowest viewership of the people that watch via youtube but we didn't just want to do it we wanted to give you a kind of week's notice to say that if you are not in one of the facebook groups which is either amazon entrepreneurs we'll put the links up or Ecom in a Circle, if you want to catch us live, talk live, ask questions and things like that. And of course, this is out on podcast as well now. So there is literally no getting away from us. We're everywhere. Um, so we just want to make sure that you, if you have the opportunity and you want to watch us live, you still can. Absolutely. No doubts about that. But from next week, we'll be ceasing streaming live on YouTube. It will only be live via the Facebook groups. So we will put the links up. Little Aliens just popped up. I don't know how that's happened. How'd you do that? Smatai, how'd you do that? Little Aliens just popped up and given us a wave uh, on there. It's like a little gif or something. Gif, whatever you call it. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Um, so I was say the salesy the pitch would be that uh, if you're a member of the, the Facebook group, then you get an exclusive first 
peak of, of the podcast. So um, that's the sales yeah. you want. And then if it, it would go up to all the other channels on the same day, uh, a few hours later, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ross has just joined us as well. So, yeah, if you want to hear it first, if you want to be uh, top of the pops when it comes to all the latest content uh, that's coming out through Nevermind the Buy Books, get in one of the Facebook groups, either uh, Amazon Entrepreneurs or Ecom Inner Circle. We make sure that we put the links in there um, in this kind of chat and on YouTube so you guys are fully aware. So um, we're just going to uh, talk a little bit. I want to catch up with everyone, really, just before we get started. How are things? How are sales? Uh, you know, I know that there's been a little bit of unrest in the communities uh, ever so recently. Uh, you know, big sellers saying that they're stopping selling certain places and, you know, for, for various different reasons and, and things like that. So how is everyone getting on at the moment? How are sales? Um, what's working? What isn't working? Uh, is this what you're expecting uh, this time of year? Um, are you up? Are you down? Let us know. It's always good to be able to go through and uh, just get feedback from everyone. Paulina's joined us. Jay's joined us. Like literally, everyone's watching from loads of different channels today, which is good. It means that we are stretching out far and wide. Um, but yeah, let, let us know how you're getting on because um, this year we're, we're starting to, to step into the year where things can traditionally, depending on what you're selling, um, then um you know it can go up it can go down um so just getting a, a a good thought i'm generally seeing across the across the board april and may have been pretty good for people so far and in particular may is um doing incredibly well at the moment so uh we can see here scott's been saying it's a good month for us so far best month of the year johnny i know you're experiencing the same right at the moment big big boost yeah yes yeah, last month was our record month ever, which is surprising because it's not Q4 or any sort of seasonal month. And then this month we're trending to have a even better month as well. Um, so I, I do think the, the market is getting better. I think the UK is uh, getting back to being pretty good again. Seems like competition is a bit lower. Uh, prices seem to be staying pretty good as well. FBA has gone down a little bit, but um, still still remaining strong. Um, but I think generally I just our operations, our systems are just getting better as well. So that's, that's probably why um, it's, it's gone up as well. Like we haven't spent much more money, but we've just really improved our systems and turnaround rate, our staff are performing better. And it's just one of those times where um, the more, the more, you know, the more you're in the game, the things will, will improve just like operationally and then systemly and, and you'll create better systems and keep upping and upping and upping. So it's good. It's good. It's, it does look, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Definitely on amazon.co.uk. And um, yeah, like someone's mentioned now, some big sellers um, pulling out um, and focusing on other marketplaces, which are also extremely strong. So that leaves more room for us or in, who are still in the UK market. Well, yeah. I, exactly. I did want to talk about this a little bit because Thomas is, um, you know, a very good friend of this group we you know we cross collaborate on projects and you know we go on his stuff he comes on our stuff uh johnny i don't think you mind me saying recently you know everyone knows uh tom's in that part of the world uh you're in the same part of the world as him now and you know you've you've met up with him and and things like that and there's certain people for decisions that they make that i would feel com i wouldn't feel comfortable talking about and i would feel comfortable talking about and unless Johnny thinks I'm wrong, but I don't mind talking about this one with Thomas because um, one, I don't think he'll mind us talking about it. It's not like we're doing it behind his back. And two, he was very transparent in his reasoning. And I'd like to dive into that a little bit more because he made some really, really sound, um, you know, arguments there that he's put out publicly that I think are up for discussion. And I actually think he hit on something which I've known for a really, you know, for quite a while now, you know, through to talking with sellers and, and, um, and things like that about the leveraging of debt um, to build this business on Amazon and 
why the UK market is in a little bit of the state that it is. So I, I think it's valid conversation um, topic to be able to talk through. So uh, unless you think otherwise, Johnny, but I really don't think Thomas would mind us talking about it. We obviously don't know his business inside and out, but, you know, the stuff that he's put on Facebook and the reasoning as to why he's left the market, I think some people will be incredibly confused. Some people would be like, wow, that was a massive shock. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts on it, Johnny? I think you have to consider that um, myself and others, you know, even though we're, we're British English, uh, Tom, for instance, has not been in the country for five years. You know, he's, mm -hmm. I don't know if he's still classed as a UK, I don't know his sort of tax situation, but I don't know if he's even registered in the UK anymore. So, you know, he has multiple businesses and, um, I know a few of them are thriving. You know, he has the sourcing virtual assistance, uh, Fast Track FBA, which is excellent, well, well tuned business. And he also has the American business, which is doing incredible margins. Um, and sometimes a business, it, it's I think it's a good move uh, if you've spread yourself too thin, uh, to, and especially in these difficult times where recessions are happening, where if things are a bit on the tight side, it's good to just, you know, sort of bring down your pool of resources and narrow your pool of resources and really focus on what's working really well. So um, I think all, all it was, uh, the American business was performing really well and the Fast Track FBA is performing really well and he wanted to focus on those two. Uh, I know his UK predominantly FBA and I know FBA margins went down uh, and I think he was just right that, you know, um, in, the, in the next few years, margins might go down a little bit more and, he'd be in a lot of trouble. So, um, you know, if you have two thriving businesses and, and one is sort of on the edge, um, not performing as, as well as, but he's had great years, then sometimes it's good just to, you know, to, to mm -hmm. call it quits sometimes and just, you know, take, take, leave when it's good. You know, that's, that's self, you know, all you have to do in Amazon to get out of the game is sell your stock. Right. And, you know, you can still be up. It's not the end of the world. Right. So like when you close down an Amazon business, you're just selling your stock and be like, okay, I don't want to continue doing this anymore. You know? Yeah. You have no UK staff, no physical premise. It's it's very easy to be like, you know what, I'm gonna to transition to another marketplace because there's more volume and better margin. I've got all my resources, yeah. all my capital to there, because I get a better return. It's just it's it's like having a stock portfolio, isn't it? Like you might have yeah. ten stocks and nine are performing really good with good dividends and one is just you know, it's been a bit rubbish for the last few years. You just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think it's a really smart decision. I'm just going to scale back for a few people that have just joined us because, yeah, we, we have got a few shock horrors uh, that have sort of said, have I heard that right? Thomas is leaving the Amazon business. No, he's leaving the UK in terms of he is closing down um, or has been gradually winding down the UK section of his business which we'll come on and explain in a moment so the subject is not actually the the full subject that we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about a couple of other things relating to um some of the things that amazon are asking for uh in terms of you get to a certain point in your business they want extra verifications so we'll come on and talk about that in the moment but i just thought topically as this is a live weekly show i know this is something that may have been a shock and it may have scared uh, you know, a few people. Thomas is known to be one of the biggest sellers around uh, in the purely reselling um, sister, you know, UK system. So people um, might will be, uh, you know, you know, might be a little bit shocked. So I wanted to clarify that because it's like what Johnny says, you know, he's not leaving Amazon. He's very much still an Amazon seller. He's still very much ingrained in Amazon, but he's made a decision. There was um, a series of unfortunate events as I understand it. And this is what he's publicly said in his group. So, you know, that's why I feel comfortable talking about it, not talking about his behind his back or you know uh, friend insight or anything like that um there was a few of, uh, things that had had happened that he talked about very publicly that uh led him to this decision and you know both johnny and i are very much in agreement on it it was strategically from the sounds of it looking at it from the outset the right decision you know for mm -hmm. him to do he's got two uh incredibly successful and thriving businesses um so therefore you know you've got one that needs you know that's not quite working right that would need you know if you 
for anyone that follows Tom, for anyone that knows Tom, for anyone that's met him in person, Tom's a different level in terms of, um, you know, the way he thinks, how he lays stuff out. You know, he's very strategic. Yeah, incredibly strategic in the way that he does stuff. And um, you get more of an understanding of that when you meet him in person. And so if something, this wouldn't have been like a crying into his pillow situation, I'd imagine when he made this decision, it was actually something that fueled him uh, even more, you know, to be able to to go on um, and said, yeah, so this is interesting. But this is what I wanted to talk about today in particular so what tends to happen is um on on amazon selling um people tend to follow trends and the big trend at the moment is seems to be leaving the uk to going to the us that's like the big trend at the moment uh what it what it, you know what everyone seems to be doing and i sell in the us you know um i don't sell oa um in the uk um but i sell it in the us so it may well be, I don't want anyone to think I'm being, you know, hypocritical or anything like that. But what there's a couple of things I wanted to pick up. One, don't do what everyone else does. Johnny's already highlighted it. I actually think there is a really good opportunity in the UK market at the moment, um, which I always think that, you know, just because people are leaving, it's because of the way that their business is operating at the moment. If Tom could stop, start again he may come back to it he absolutely may come back to it at a different point you know re-strategize um you know regroup and then and then come back to it the situation is and this is what i'm predominantly seeing at the moment is people in the uk we went through a period of time over covid of uh incredible growth Okay, so people saw incredible growth over that period of time. And what happened was they utilized a lot of lending and funding and things like that to be able to grow their business, to keep up with the demand because they had access um, to uh, supply um, and they did phenomenally well. But what happened is during that period of time, and this is my own personal view on it, is uh, people became slightly over leveraged and they carried on borrowing and borrowing and borrowing at borrowing at the same rate. But then what happened, the COVID demand went away and then margins started to fall down. You would still you would still get the same level of uh, well. There was a reduction in demand as well. Demand never really dies on Amazon. But overall, supply got better. So therefore, what happens when supply gets better? Competition, more competition. So margins start to be cut. And at the end of the day, it's net margins, it's net profit. You know, that's the most important thing in business, Um, you know, to be able to, to maintain extra funding throughout the business. But what's happened, the Amazon spider has caught you in its lending web. So it's very hard to get out of that cycle of you know two three four five hundred thousand pounds you know worth of loans that's that's what we're talking about right you know we're talking about people borrowing exorbitant amounts of money um and being in a position where they have to spend it they absolutely have to spend the money and if they don't spend the money the money's not working for them Uh, But then what happens is there's more competition because everyone else is buying the stuff. Margins are going down. So therefore, they're cutting their margins down. So not what will happen is they have to sell the stock to repay the debt. But not as much is coming back as it was before because margins are lower and there's more competition. So you kind of caught in the cycle a little bit of. People, my personal, uh, uh, you know, opinion on on that side of it, I'm I'm saying there's there's other sides as well, is the easiest way for me to say this shortly is um, people are still running their business as though it's COVID and it's not, and there needs to be uh, a regroup, and those that have realised that like I said, have other profitable parts of the business, the easiest thing to do is just wind it down, get rid of it, focus more on the good, get rid of the bad, very strategic decision. 
those that don't have that opportunity are panicking. That's that's yep. you know my my sense on it. Sorry, I know I, know I went into a bit of a rant there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, lending's always a difficult one. Um, I don't want to particularly twice. Just generally speaking, like I think with Amazon lending, if you go from a a very low amount, I know Tom didn't do this, and he, he gradually increased, increased, increased. Um, I think if you're a um, a Which seller, was the right thing to do at the time. Sorry, yeah. Fine, um, and you know it's it still it, it still works now. And, and to clarify, he was still making money from the UK business. It's actually just mm -hmm. more that um, pressure and sometimes having to deal with something. And sometimes something's just too much. It's not worth your return when you have other good businesses. So you just call it quit, even though things are worth your money. His actual rate doesn't didn't make sense for him. Um, with Amazon lending, some people go from, okay, I'm going to take a £10,000 loan and then they get an offer of 200000 and they think, oh, I can spend all this and they get the 200000 and they get such a big difference. And that could be very damaging for a business, you know, and like, you know, we're doing 2 million plus now and our Amazon loan is 40000 and we've gone up from about 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. So we've like really very slowly done it. Uh, the other thing to mention as well is the, the APR has gone up a lot as well. So it's gone from, you know, 8.99% during COVID times to now, um, well, my most recent offer was half a mil and it was 12.99. Uh, so what's that in, in, in interest? That's what, uh, 60,000, 70,000 over the year in interest costs. So if you have, you can't, you know, utilize that half a million, you know, you're, you're spending fifty, sixty thousand interest in a year, and it's 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 difficult to spend that sort of money in the UK marketplace. In the UK, the US marketplace, everything is ten x. It literally is ten x. You know, Absolutely. things sell ten things sell ten times as much in the UK. That's that's actually facts. So, like, even looking at competition versus sort of sales volume, um, it's still ten x. So that's why like the US is so attractive and when you see people doing like 10 million in the us and everyone's like oh my god it's the equivalent of someone doing a million in the, U in the uk really because everything is just a lot lot bigger their average salary is a lot higher um they're in consumer debt they're like a, a massive spending market um but yeah it's uh in the uk having that there's you know there's not many people doing eight figures and above and you can really do that sort of revenue for, as far as, as there's not many people doing that, but uh, yeah. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to touch on as well was um, just how you can sort of diversify. And I think in Amazon, it's quite interesting that you can diversify by entering other marketplaces and setting up a different entity and having other entities in a different marketplace. So if one business, one marketplace doesn't perform as well, you can just cut it. So you don't have a tree, cut it. And before, mm -hmm. and just focus on the higher margin, higher sales volume one, or whichever is working for you, for you best. I know in the UK, I've like unique, you know, unique bundles. You can kill it, and there's people doing thirty thousand a day with that. So obviously, still opportunity, but that's not okay. Tom's game, and, and that's not everyone's game. It's not my game yet. Like I, I'm probably going to do it in my business at some point, but it's not my game. Um, so yeah, you can diversify different marketplaces by setting up different entities. You can, you know diversify going to private label and set up a different entity there and it's all about um building that sort of layer of security when you have these sort of businesses you know for myself i have the german business and i have the uk business now I have a software training business you know it's, it's building that layers of of security and things on top of each other which all complement each other um that's why i wanted to sound sort of his point he's he's he's, he's made a killing from the uk business and he's now pumped it into the us and now he's going to He's still going to make a killing. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, for even more now because he's just focused in the US, which is a great market. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to say in conclusion on this a little bit. I'll come back to the comments in a moment, guys. So I know there's been quite a lot that, that people have said about this is do not underestimate this as being like uh, it's, it was a shock decision from as in it was a shock announcement. But you can see from Tom Sharp, this is something that's been in the works for quite a while. You know, it's been a strategic decision. He's winding it down in order to pump more uh, into his business. And uh, yeah, don't don't feel bad for them. This is this is not a uh, a sympathy or empathy decision. It's very much strategic. 
right decision and smart decision uh, for him. Um, interestingly enough, what you said there, Johnny, is part of the reason why we're coming back to UK um, arbitrage, which is we will be starting from probably the start of Q2. Um, when, yeah, when, when things happen. Oh, sorry, what did you say? For the UK marketplace was a secret that you're coming back. <laughs> no, time. no. Public, public, UK marketplace coming back because one of the just one of the reasons more than anything else is, um, you know, I talked about it publicly. We had a suspension a few months ago uh, and we had no outlet to sell the stock from it had the suspension gone on a lot longer you know sat on thousands and thousands of pounds worth of stock we had no outlet uh in order to sell the stock so actually strategically it makes sense to be doing you know even if it's on a smaller scale selling in the uk um that we can you know use that outlet to be able to sell the stock so it doesn't stop so we're not sat on stock especially if it's expiring stock and things like that so adding those layers in johnny's absolutely right it's about protecting yourself when your business grows to a certain level it's not so much about growing anymore it, it starts becoming about defending and you know protecting and if this was to happen what do i do now uh you know it's that security right yeah absolutely it's all about that mm -hmm. security um diversifying um within the same expertise of yours if you have an expertise try and diversify within that expertise i know people always say multiple streams of income but i think that's really multiple streams of income in your, in your, your field of expertise yeah, and then like your 10, 20% is like passive. So, you know, a stocks and shares, ISA and stuff, or like a buy to let or something like that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, should we get some of the questions? There's been a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, someone said there, some of, the, some of the ones that I can see names, some I can't. Uh, where we go? Uh, someone said it you know the good thing it's more competition uh less competition for you guys oh it's sean that said that less competition for uh me and johnny definitely that's sean by the way that said that um we've also got uh lot fee said a good strategy would be to split loans into us stock european stock not only uk well the difference is for something like that it depends what type of entity that you're running because if the stock has been bought by one entity you should not technically be selling it on another one from an amazon protection point of view uh purely sorry i didn't turn off my uh, my notifications uh purely from a uh again account protection point of view because if you are buying it from one entity and selling it onto another not only is there like a, a financial risk there as well it's also an amazon risk because they might not accept that invoice well they won't accept that invoice as being authentic authentic so you could see yourself in a uh, suspension situation if you are asked to prove the authenticity of that document so never cross streams like in ghostbusters yeah, yeah i'm not sure if that's allowed so like, technically to actually split your loans into different entities um you know obviously if you you have it under one entity one banner then it's 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 fine but it's if it's um you have a two different completely set, separate entities and you're transferring money from one to the other then um i could get you into a lot of trouble i believe yeah yeah if you're on the same company fine um but not not if they're different entities that's that's the way i've always understood it uh sean said again agreeing with your point there johnny uh plus uh you know plus inflation not taking that into account higher interest rates uh, consumers having uh, less money to spend. I don't think the demand is ever an issue. Yeah, I was going to put on that. If, I don't think things are bad right now. I think that sounds terrible because no. I know people are struggling. But um, I went to London before Mexico and people are still on the streets. People are spending a lot of money. Uh, trades people are making a lot of money. Like there's a lot of money out there still. I don't think there's going to be an issue with, with actual demand. Um, all the trades people I've been speaking to and uh, you know, at the gym, down the gym, they were like, you know, they had too much money. There's there's too much stuff, too much cash going around. There's still a lot of money flowing about. Um, you know, obviously there are different situations where obviously electricity and stuff has hit and 
I'd say on the sort of selling side, some people might be like, rather than having that side hustle of an Amazon business, they now need to sell their stock and have that as a safety net or a emergency cash because bills have gone up. So maybe competition has fell out, uh, but demand is still definitely, definitely there. I don't think it's as crazy as COVID because everyone was at home. Obviously, when everyone's at home constantly, can't leave the house, you're never going to have be able to match that sort of demand. But it's absolutely still still good. It's still better than as good as or it's grown since pre-COVID. Um, yeah, the thing is, there's a graph like that going up, and then COVID goes like that. Now it's sort of flattened up. It's, it's even though it's grown, but growth you need to just leave out that two years of COVID, right? And it's, yeah. it's, it's gone up well yeah uh, absolutely if covid hasn't the way you've got to look at it is you got you've got to now take covid out of the equation you've almost got to discount that period of time when it comes to looking at data looking at past things uh we've got to ignore that uh because it wasn't a true reflection of something that will happen you know again you depending on what you believe, obviously, of course. Um, so uh, we ignore that period of time now. But what's interesting, if you were to cut that out and push the two together, the growth would still be higher. You know, it would still be on an upward trend. Uh, so it it's still, fun. there is, yeah, there's more demand now than there was before COVID. If you take that, if you take that area out, definitely. Uh, just picking up a couple of people have said this. Oh, sorry, we're, we're having... Uh, we're having comment wars. Uh, Rosie said, did Tom sell the business? Was it a replan catalog? So I think Sean said they'd be interested in buying deals. Obviously, you'd need to speak to Tom about that. Um, as far as I understand it, he wound the business down and, um, you know, managed to utilize um Tom's a very smart businessman, so he absolutely will have uh, not walked away from anything without uh, being up on it, essentially. So um, whether or not the deals will be fed into, you know, his um, deal system, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, he definitely okay. would have just walked away from nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, like, um, you know, he does have a sourcing company, like where he gives out his deals. Um <laughs> so i mean you could, could check that out fasttrackfba.com um i'm not sure if it's a free trial or not but uh, I, I don't know but you know if you want to look for his, his deals and his stores he, he advertises it he has a has a business that displays that um you know you could probably still see his historic you know, or any sellers you know his his product still and he does online arbitrage right so that means that you should be able to find it with enough deep research and um Sometimes it's just that stock could only be available at the certain price during different cycles of the year, right? So OA is all about cycles and timing. When is something on promotion and when is something on offer, right? And really tracking that down is, is sort of a few years of being like, okay, that that hand cream is on offer in in January and, and July. So that's the time I'm going to buy that hand cream and stock up. So it's all about cycles, right? So you can still go through an online arbitrage competitive business and just if you can't find it at the right price then it's potentially because it's not in promotion uh you know or you're not not considering cash back um you know if you look at if you look at the historic price so if you look at the historic price for the last few years of an online arbitrage product and the prices remain consistent and that person is still restocking replanning replanning you can be able to buy that from somewhere if they're an online arbitrage business you just need to look deeper so more research that's that's what i can say about that it's just more research yeah or um, or if or, you were, if you're smart guys and you you join the hive at the start uh and get to get access to our new inventory management software uh be stocked then you're going to find that that's going to do a lot of that job for you uh, essentially when it comes to replenishables and knowing uh, what you should be sell, when you should be selling it, going to be a game changer, guys. So we look forward to delivering uh, the results on that um, when we've got people on the testing system, which is not too far away. Yeah, this is important. Getting the right team is also important. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, people are still, you know, I go about this, but people are the hardest thing about business is managing people that's the hardest thing without doubt of any business is managing the people and having a good team it's it's incredibly tough and the other issue is that you might have a really good team and then you know um your head or your manager might just leave they give a week notice and they're gone or a two-week notice gone, yeah. and they're gone 
and you know you've got to find that superstar again and um it's a constant cycle and it, it's it sucks in business i hate when i lose good people and we do lose good people uh of trying to find superstars constantly and constantly and they can really change your business around like in your in your stress levels and i, I think business isn't that stressful is actually the people you manage. It's, it's 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 the management of people that is just the stressful part of business but actually the business is great but it's the people that's always the stressful part for me um and that's also again again with tommy had 90 plus staff so you've got to think like people are the most stressful things in business and i'm sure he could clarify this in, in a video but if people are the most stressful things in business and you have 90 plus people to manage and you have three businesses two are performing amazingly and one is okay you might think to yourself okay times again potentially could be a recession from what the people are saying a lot of people predicting that um i have 90 plus people to manage that's extremely stressful you know, I'm, I'm right. I might lose some sources because of all the pressure and all that sort of thing. Why don't I just wind one down and just kind of take a load of, load of my head? Because it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, yeah, people, is uh, just get it right. And it's, it's you can have stress-free times, but um, if the, the wrong person or if someone leaves suddenly, and then you 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 got to, I guess you got to build those systems or to real, but rebuild those layers. But sometimes it's some people are hard to replace. I'd say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Would you say, so just throwing this out there, obviously you and Tom are very similar in the type of, uh, you operate and own different different types of businesses, but, you know, the digital nomadery, if that is such a phrase, I think I've just poshed it up there. I don't know if that exists. Um, but would you say that's the biggest challenge? In being um, a digital nomad, having other people relying on your, uh, running your business essentially for you and then when one leaves it, it can it can i mean it doesn't happen all the time but of course yeah it, it can cause a massive hole right yeah i don't think it would make a, a difference to be honest uh whether i was in mexico or whether i was in the uk because for me i you know i'd always want to set up where i have a warehouse manager and then a, a second in charge who's like a stock controller so you always you know you don't want your dominoes to fall over at once, right? You want to have that sort of backup, which sort of can always take over. And you always want to strategize being like, okay, so if X leaves, then who's going to take up that responsibility? And maybe they don't, won't be as good, but at least they can fill that responsibility and actually do that day to day. Um, so I think it, doesn't, it wouldn't make a difference if I was in the UK or, or Mexico. Like if I had to go back, I had to go back and, and go clean things up at a, at a warehouse but you know I, I for me i wouldn't have a business if I, I had to be somewhere to be honest um so i've tried to set up as as well systemized as possible and as easy as possible and i've tried to create as good culture as possible and pay them well and um let them have those weekly dominoes and stuff so they're happy so um that part doesn't doesn't stress me out um and my back-end team in the philippines um our second in charge i'd say second oldest who did a lot of our graphics she left last friday and yeah it does add a little bit of stress because you're like okay if our main uh manager leaves or gets pregnant or something like that we have the second in charge to take over so but now she's the second in charge who knew a lot of the stuff has left and then you're like okay i need to rebuild someone else to get that sort of secondary role but um yeah, it's always this case in, in, in business where you could have the top three, top two just leaving and then you just got to like clean up unless you get to a huge size. So, um, you know, this, this, this conversation might be different if I had a few members of staff, but we have, we have 15 to 20 staff members. So we do have layers in a way, but yeah, yeah it's stressful. This is, it's stressful. The, um, this is the key actually. Um, and this is leading into to Jess's uh point here losing good people is one of the things on my mind constantly what do you do to make adding someone else uh into that position is e easier whilst the good people are still there but that's i think you've already just you answered that kind of before that anyway it's about like i said adding those layers as you grow essentially yeah so you want to teach your managers to to be good at delegating essentially right so you know, I, I don't want my manager to be out there really packing stuff, to be honest. I want him, uh, obviously, to delegate that to staff members, right? And 
you know, I don't want my manager of the my back end team to do every admin task. I want her to be able to delegate that task to someone else so she can deal with managing and making sure everything is organized. So again, you get them to to delegate, create SOP systems, and then um hopefully in a position where if the if your lead person leaves, then you can either quickly fill it up or it'd be very quite easy transition period because you've had other people in the team who really sort of understand it. Um, the only thing for me would be if my warehouse manager leaves, like uh, the day to day will still run perfectly fine. It's more actually if, if he left, then it'd be sort of a disciplinary thing. Like if like you know, that side of it where, you know, you need a manager who's going to discipline and, and motivate. And he's a great at that. Not the motivation part. I've <laughs> emphasized that part, but um, so that would be hard because, and I, I'm not good at that either. So I'd probably have to, um, you know, if I'd have to hire quickly in this in this sort of leave time, um, if he ever was to to, to leave. Because for me, I, I suck at discipline. I'm not very good at micromanaging. So he's great at that. So sometimes it's that personality trait might be missing that you might have to fill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I think that's yeah. it I think yeah absolutely for me uh for any key staff members it's about filling the, the filling the slots of the things that you can't do yourself you know and it doesn't matter what level of business you're at Johnny we're going through this the same at the moment with uh everything that we're doing with the hive and and bee stocks there are very much areas in that side of the business that none of us have encountered before so we have to make a decision do we invest and bring an expert in or bring someone in that's going to help us do it does one of us take the time to learn it you know we look at all of these different elements and sometimes it will be yeah one of us is going to do it and learn it create the SOPs, then we'll bring someone else in. But for other areas in, um, you know, for other areas of areas that none of us have no inclination or or the ability to be able to go ahead and learn, we have to bring someone on board, you know, to be able to do that. So uh, lots of different mo- moving parts to be able to to, to manage and, and, and outsource. But layer it up, you know, ratchet it up. I think that's, that's the best way to be able to do it. Yeah, I like the advice, just teach them to delegate. And also just on a side side note is that both me and you have been in business for over 15 years. I think you've been 20 years running businesses and, you know, every new business is the same. It always takes a while to bring, to, to build these layers. So don't expect this to go into a business you just started up and this happened overnight. This is something that you build up over, over time. And, um, <clears throat> for example, you know, obviously software and high school, <laughs> like marketing and stuff like that. Like it's, it's hard to build that, company up that's not fully reliant on you or, or reliant on you to, to to run and thrive so things always take time to build that team the layers who you need do you have too many staff do you have too little staff and it takes time to, to get all these right before businesses come a bit more um systematic and programmatic and just fluid yeah Exactly. Well, that's what we know about in the big tech companies right now as well, which I know your partner's involved in as well, Johnny, is that, you know, there was such a boom of people taking on staff in all of these big kind of blue chip tech companies. Elon Musk is one of them where, you know, he walked into Twitter. I mean, yeah, I don't know whether this is true, but he reckons he could Twitter could be run with 50 key people, you know, as opposed to the thousands. And, you know, when he first took over, he was being super brutal, you know, just sacking everyone uh, essentially. And, and, you know, he did it in a very different way. Um, but tech companies have been shedding people like crazy because they've overhired uh, essentially. So this is, again, it's like a it's, a, it's a cycle. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. Sometimes you need to regroup. And yeah, we're not even going to talk about uh, AI because not even bring that into the conversation because that's a game changer again. That also reduces or can help push staff. But yeah, I think with Twitter, I think it came in and thought they had the wrong personality type. Uh, he saw Twitter as a tech and engineering business where Twitter before more of a sort of a news, they foresaw themselves like a news yeah. app, political media, where they have different sort of political teams making sure they're always right on like the left or right. And Elon Musk came and said, no, actually, we're, you want engineers and, and a tech business to actually it's a tech business. You know, we don't want to be part of the political spectrum. We want to be just sort of neutral or not have anything to do with it. So that's why you can produce so many people because, and that's why Twitter weren't making money because they were, they're not the right business. 
um, obviously made money through ridiculously cheap lending and all that sort of scammy stuff with all those scammy businesses like Uber and all those where never made money, but they just um, <laughs> got, got free money. So feces just put, pump money into them because their growth was so, so massive. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my brother as well, though, he's, uh, he's, even though he's, he's a very successful business, um, it's a small tech company. So he's, he's, he refuses to hire anyone. <laughs> so he just does it himself and um he has like an address api here and it's like get address.io which is um it's a pretty big business but he runs it all by himself so because he just thinks That's like crazy, right? yeah i know i know i, I he just doesn't want to deal with people <laughs> um <laughs> so, but, yeah, they are a pain. <laughs> they're a pain yeah. They are a pain. people. People. A person is great, but people are a pain. Uh, I'll tell you that now. Uh, thanks, Ash. That's really nice of you to say. Um, you know, just uh, bringing Ash's comment up there saying about the facts. And that's why we run these communities to be able to have a positive light. Uh, my title today was a little bit, which we still haven't come on to talk about, but, you know, it's not a huge subject anyway. But it was a, a little bit clickbaity today uh, in the sense of, you know, what does Amazon want from me? now but it's always you know we always try and give as a positive uh, outcome on everything as we can because you know when we're, we're not here for side hustles we're not here for this this is you know everyday business building empire stuff for us so you know myself johnny matthew matt Cromey, uh loads of other of you that are that are watching like i said we've we've moved away from the side hustle stuff for and have done from quite some time ago so this is about building solid businesses and you know you just gotta bad things happen bad shit happens uh and you just gotta suck it up gather what you can out of it move on learn from it try not for it to happen again but like johnny says business is cycles so there's a good chance you end up facing the the same problem again at some point in the future but you know it's lovely when people give their feedback so uh thank you someone said it's your brother norm because he runs stk by himself imagine if he was like your secret brother that you hadn't told us about could be, could be. <laughs> um yeah i mean look it's, it's, it's expensive hiring a software engineer. So if you can do it all and by himself, you know, and people are happy with the product, then why not, right? Why not? I'm sure, he has, I'm sure he has some staff members. I'm sure he's scaled up a little bit. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't spoke to Norm for a while, but um, obviously his product works. And if he can run it by himself, then fair play to him. Like, he must be doing well. Fair play. Um, that was yeah. VN, by the way. So, hi, VN. Said hello. Uh, Mark said, lost my full time recently, uh, stepped backwards into the business, uh, but a chance to put better things in place whilst looking for those packers and outsourcing admins. Yeah, love that, Mark. It's, it's an opportunity. That's what you've got to look at it as. Um, definitely an opportunity to be able to go back in. I always talk about one of the best people I know in this business that is so good at growing their business then stopping, you know, strategically stopping, looking at everything that they've done, what works, what doesn't work, you know, and really enjoys doing it is Luke Dugan, who will get on Nevermind the Buy Box again at some point in the future. And, um, you know, he's really good at that, growing his business and then taking a step back into the business once he's done that to, to really work out what's going. So it's not a bad thing, guys. Please, you know, this isn't a bad thing. You always have to look at everything as uh, an opportunity to improve. Uh, for sure. So I think we're up to date, um, you know, on on comments as you've confirmed that you're not Norm's brother. So uh, that's good to know. Really great chat uh, today, guys. I mean, we're almost at the end of the hour and uh, we haven't even talked about our main subject, which is, um, you know, uh, talking about what Amazon want from us uh, as sellers. One of the things that we've been very conscious and talking about over the last few weeks is, in my personal opinion, Amazon is only going to start getting more stringent in everything that they want. If you think about the size of them with all the authorities and everything that are breathing down their neck and what they have to ask for and what they don't have to ask for, what they have to prove, what they don't have to prove. Sometimes, in my opinion, it feels like Amazon is personally attacking me when I'm, you know, 
having to supply stuff or, you know, they're asking for something that seems so unreasonable. But what you guys have got to remember is it doesn't look at sellers individually. If something happens to, you know, update legislation or something happens, um, you know, at a much bigger scale, Amazon just put a blanket policy across all of their sellers. And whilst it might feel like victimization at the time, unfortunately, it's not. They don't care about you, uh, essentially, as a seller. And if you can't prove what they're asking for in their new um, kind of goalposts within that new parameter of what they want, you're out. It's as simple as that. A bit like what we were speaking about with Thomas earlier. If you don't fit that new criteria, then you're out. They don't care um, about you. And, you know, it's one of those things that you have to kind of understand and get your your ducks in a row so that when these uh, occurrences do, I mean, we're, we're I'm not going to lie, we're going through the ringer at the moment across a number of different um, areas, mainly to do with US patent issues. But out of the blue today or yesterday, I think I've got a bank verification banking verification on one of the accounts, which if you go through a banking verification until you go through and do it, all your disbursements are hold, uh, held up. So, you know, when you've got thousands and thousands of pounds that are sat there that could potentially, if Amazon doesn't like one thing that's on your documentation or what you've got to prove, then, you know, those disbursements could be held up for weeks. So this was just a little bit of a warning to to kind of talk through some of this stuff um, in order to make sure you guys, if you do come across, I think bank verification and account verification are probably two of the biggest ones to to watch out for, uh, apart from account health issues in terms of things that could delay you. Have you been through any of them recently, Johnny? Bank or account verification? Have you ever no. had uh a long time ago a long time ago mm -hmm. I, I i think with this it all kind of comes down to that um you know amazon let go a lot of people recent uh in the last year right it was like mm. ten thousand chunks at a time um so when it comes down to any sort of support or uh getting things done from amazon and like you said the issues you had in america it's, it's way harder now to actually speak to a human mm -hmm. being um so that, that that definitely with the documentation and stuff, you've got to get make sure everything is just uh, what the system or what their sort of algorithm wants to see, essentially, right? So it's got to be very refi uh, refined. Because, um, again, um, they want to make money, right? But before, they didn't care because they could just grow. Now they're trying to cut down and they probably outsource more to, um, you know, India and, and, and those places. And it's... It's got to make sure it's refined and make sure everything is clear and make sure the system can and can easily pick it up. Um, you know, for, for my best example is stuff like seller feedback. Like they never ever uh, remove it automatically for merchant fulfilled anymore. They just say nope. They just say nope. We're not going to remove it. So you always have to go through the email system now. It's just things have, have changed now where the actual seller support on Amazon is just terrible. Um, it's really really bad. And it's got to get through on other other means so again yeah emailing the right emails and i, I know stuff like the flad um he has was it seller unit i don't want to get it wrong he's got a website hasn't he where he has all the different emails of all the different staff members i think Can't... that's flat one yeah if anyone's got it, it cindy if you're watching maybe drop the link like i said we're always happy to uh you know we're, we're not biased here so we, you know we want everyone to have the right information so even if that means putting up someone else's group to do it we're more than happy to do that but yeah make sure you have the right contact details uh this is a great point actually matt says um you know if you're going to do something like make a change on your account make sure you do it the seconds uh well not the seconds after you've been paid your disbursement especially if you're on a 14-day uh disbursement cycle because otherwise if you are leveraging debt in particular doing this business through credit cards, this isn't financial advice, obviously, then you definitely want to make sure that your disbursements do not get held up. Um, I think people are going to think I'm crazy here, but I'm going to make this statement. And it's one of those, if you know, you know, you know what I mean. Um, I actually believe now it's done a flip 
Whereas five years ago, account health issues used to scare the bejesus out of people, like it would be the worst thing to deal with. Whereas I actually believe now the easiest things, some of the easiest things because of what they've put in place, Amazon, to deal with are on the account health side of it. I'm talking about, you know, uh, now that you can ring someone up and speak about what they want to do. I have an issue with brand registry on one of our accounts at the moment. And did anyone know? that you cannot physically speak to anybody in brand registry. It is a nightmare. There is no appeal system. There is, but it's done. They cut off everything. So you have to appeal through Seller Central for certain things, even though you, um, you need brand registry. So it doesn't even go to the right department. Um, you know, so actually when it comes to things like account health, um, there are far more complicated things uh, to to, to deal with um, than there are um, some of the other things. So you've got to make sure you've got the right, have the right information in place. So let's talk about bank verification, account verification. So um, this can happen to anyone at any time. Um, it may well be a trigger. Thanks, Cindy. Uh, yeah, Cindy's just put, put up the uh, Sally uh, Union. Um, that, um, I think that could be the old business partner, right? Oh, right. Okay. Scrap okay. Scrap uh, maybe someone tagged, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe someone tagged Vlad. Uh, just tag him and he'll be like, why are they tagging me? What, what, what's going on? Someone give him a tag, get him over here. Uh, and he can, he can post the, the link. That'll be the best thing to do. So, um, I just want to shine some positive sorry. light though. A lot of the account health issues now, it's, it's completely changed now, actually. It's like some of it's just really? like having to watch a video. Like for 20 minutes and stuff like that so they like want you to make sure you learn how to take off account health stuff so they force you to watch videos so they, they've just made it more more automated really uh and some things just haven't caught up to the automated system like you said with brand registry like they haven't got that down that system down now they haven't got a human brain to logically look through things and actually um mm -hmm. help you so some things again it's impossible to contact because they it's all algorithms and templates and automation. So again, to the right person, it's just really to summarize it, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah. to finish off, that's just, yeah, yeah. I would absolutely, off? I would rather deal with an account issue, uh, account health issue now compared to anything else than I would um, to deal with like uh, verification, uh, brand registry, you know, all of these other aspects that, you know, we deal with on a daily basis. So uh, from that point of view, but I just wanted to quickly finish off with running through that account verification and uh, bank account verification. Whilst it's now sounds like I've made it like super, super scary, it's not. Uh, one, don't ignore it. When it comes, deal with it very quickly, but make sure you have all the correct uh, documentation because uh, sometimes if you don't verify uh, depending on which marketplace it is and it can be for a variety of different things it could result in suspension of selling privileges if they've given you a time limit to do it in so always be checking all of your marketplaces so if you have a UK account which obviously is unified with the European uh, marketplaces which they always are make sure you're checking them on a regular basis to see if there's any re-verifications, even if you do not sell in those uh, marketplaces, purely because if you, leave it in, uh, if you leave it ignored and then it goes into a suspension, that's a suspension that you're going to have to sort out. And if you are applying for anything else, like a new, a new account, or if you want to apply for brand registry, you will not get that because of the suspension in the other market. Um, and it can be held against you. So please make sure if you have a UK account that you're always checking those European markets, if they're asking for verifications, if you have a US account, the same applies to Canada and Mexico as well through the unified side of it. So please, please, please make sure you're checking all of those on a regular basis. Generally, bank verification will be the first one that the, that they will uh, ask for where it, it is what it says on the uh, tin, which is um, they will want to verify the bank that you're using is part of their, is it PDP or PPP or 
GDP mm. or what, too many acronyms. Um, and if it's not, then you're going to need to change those bank details. But it's generally a case of making sure that you are banking with a bank where you can get a, uh, a physical copy printed off of the bank statement that you can take a picture of. That's what they want. Physical, they don't, they don't accept screenshots uh, for verification. So uh, you need to be able to physically print a copy of it take a picture of it and upload it. Some banks don't do that, believe it or not. Some banks don't give you the access to be able to, to call upon that information. So you have to be able to have that for one. And then secondly, for bank verification as well, it has to be obviously part of, um, you know, uh, it has to be, you know, everything has to be matching uh, for what it is. And you have to be able to prove that they are on the uh, approved list. And something else you might have to do is you might have to um, fill out a document, uh, you, you might have to fill out a statement um, on your company headed letter uh, to say that you are authorized to receive payments from a certain account. We'll put the wording up uh, in the group. So it's just a case of changing a few things and swapping it out, keeping the word in as it is but swapping it out um, with your company details in there. They're generally the three things that Amazon asks for in a bank verification. What can also happen is they'll have those, and then it might give, don't freak out, so it's good to do this at the time, is what will happen is then it will take you through to the next page, and it will ask you uh, to arrange a call uh, where you show your ID, Okay. So it can it has to be a passport, I think passport, driver's license. But of course, you've got to make sure it matches everything on your account um, as well. So what you can do is when you press the button, uh, they can literally, this is what I love about Amazon. This is phenomenal. You can push a button and uh, you can be connected to someone to do it straight away. Or you can pick a time and do it later if you don't have that documentation handy. But take my advice. But when you're about to submit it, have your passport handy or whatever it's asking for. Go through, get it done, because uh, bank verification can take up to 15 days. So, um, you know, the sooner you can get it done with the right information, the better. Now, with account verification, there are a few other uh, things that may come into account with that. Reconfirming entities. So you will need to go onto company's house, maybe confirm um you know, uh, share ownerships, uh, you know, if there's other directors, you might have to prove uh, non-connections. Uh, there's a few other things relating to that. But account verification, that's generally going to be the harder thing to sort out. And they could vary with what they're asking for. So always make sure that you have um, all of these details uh, to hand in a folder. Um, and they're generally going to be the things that I've discussed, supplier invoices, proof of address, utility bills, if you've got a warehouse, you know, just gather as much information as you can. That It's it's like your, your rainy day folder, that if you ever go into a type of verification, that you've got all of that information there in one place. Because I tell you what, when those emails come through, all, all logic goes out of the window and you start panicking, you can't remember where you've put something and you do this and you do that, get ahead of the situation, be proactive, Create your rainy day folder and put all the information in there so it's there when you need it. Anything else to add to that, Johnny? That's good. I think that's the uh, that's the hour, isn't it? So that's it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> they, uh, it. That's it. These guys are trying to keep me on the hour as much as possible. They're cracking the whip. They're like, don't <laughs> don't go beyond the hour too much. But that hour's gone quick, right? Yeah, I, I really enjoy the uh, question thing. We could, uh, again, ask as many questions as you can. Always happy to answer everything. It, it, it helps us um, help you uh, by asking more questions. So uh, always enjoy that that part of this. And obviously in, in the hive, and we were, we'll go more, we'll go deeper into different uh, questions and then and give more insights into our own business and how we actually do things. So that's, that's the difference, but always really enjoy it and uh, hope everyone got good value and... That was, it's, it's enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. We're quicker than, uh, uh, no, oh no, Cindy's quicker than ChatGBT. Absolutely, she is. Uh, just quickly before we go, Paul's question right. about changing company. Mm -hmm. Don't, yeah, you want your coffee, definitely. Don't worry about that too much. Don't overthink it. Just make sure everything's matching. They generally ask for, uh, I think it probably will be 
bank details matching the new company address. Uh, you can't do anything about company's house. I think that's the one I know least about. So what I'll do is uh, I'll have a chat with, if Matt Chrome is on here, could you answer that? Uh, because that's his, uh, that's his domain. Um, but like Matt says, whenever you're going to make a change, oh, here we go. Matthew Wright's coming to save the day. Uh, if you're going to make a change, make sure you do it after a disbursement um, because you don't want any financial payments to be held up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, oh, just make sure you change your bank account address first as Amazon was for bank statements. So, yeah, we got that one. Most people only get the statements monthly, so it causes problems. Yeah, for sure. We can dive a little bit deeper onto that uh, on Hive Live. So, Paul, I know you're part of that as well. So uh, we can clarify that a bit further on there. Right. So Johnny is cracking the whip. Definitely. He does want his coffee. He's hurrying me up. <laughs> So, um, guys, we're going to see you next week. Uh, we're going to have a guest on next week. I think we're going to talk about um, repricing and some new strategies relating to that in order to try and beat those price tankers. So I've got a guest coming on that's going to talk about that uh, specifically. Um, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, Starling can give you a letter of authorization. Absolutely. That's something else you might have to have, letter of authorization. I think I'm just going to create a list uh, and put it in the Facebook group. So just a reminder, guys, from next week, we will not be streaming on YouTube uh, anymore. We are only going to be streaming via the Facebook group. So, you know, you have been warned. I will post it. Well, I was going to say I'll post it in the Facebook groups, but if you're not in there, you're not going to see it. Uh, but we'll make sure the details are, I'll put on the YouTube um, videos. So we're not going to be streaming on YouTube anymore. Facebook groups only. So come in there, join the Facebook groups and get the information uh, before anyone else. The replay will be uploaded on YouTube, um, but it is going to be done a little bit later. So exclusively, um, the Facebook is going to be where you're going to hear the information first and when you can ask questions and ask us live and everything like that. So, but do your usual, uh, you know, uh, make sure if you are watching this on YouTube at a later stage, give us a thumbs up, do a comment and subscribe, hit the notification bell and uh, you will always get the um, the warning or, or the alert, I suppose, of when, uh, when the video is going to go live. But have a great week, guys. Uh, I'll see you with a guest next week. Um, and uh, yeah, any questions, keep popping in the group and we'll, we'll see you then. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everyone. Subscribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you later. Bye.